0: you know uh pastor mike and i always talk uh, sometimes you'll see us talking uh to one another and pastor mike he's always saying man that is really good they're so talented Uh, he's he's like and the only thing we do is preach you know (laughs) (laughs) always amazing uh it's always impressed by the talent that we have um, here in the church and thanks for god's amazing grace that shows up in so many ways my name is Caesar. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm also, the pastor for Celebrate Recovery. Um, I I'm, have the opportunity to, to pre- preach for Pastor Mike this morning because uh, he's in jail this morning uh, <laughs> with Kairos Ministry and um, and uh, in service there uh, for the church and this amazing gospel of Jesus Christ to people who are incarcerated. And thank God um, for Pastor Mike and for all of those people who are in mission who do different things um, in the name of Jesus Christ for First United Methodist Church Mansfield. And so um, thank God for that. <clears throat> I'm, uh, uh, a, I'm, I'm a I'm I'm celebrating a little bit because uh, OU beat Texas Tech yesterday. So I feel a little better. It, <laughs> yeah. So it's not the wind over Texas, but uh, it'll do. <laughs> uh, well, as we prepare for the message this morning, I wanted to frame uh, my sermon around the scripture found in Luke 19:1 through10. Will you prepare your hearts and join me now as we listen and hear uh, a word from God? He entered Jericho and was passing through it, and a man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. And so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and say, he has gone to be with the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. Will you think with me for a few moments on this thought, an invitation to a divine, to a divine deeper call? Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we come now Asking one more time that you would rescue me from me and rescue all of us from ourselves. We come now, God, asking that you would remove the distractions of fear and doubt and anxiety and all the things that get in the way of us being here this day. Remove all of those things that prevent us from hearing a word from you. We ask now, God, that you would hide me and that you would hide all of us behind your cross, that we might see you lifted up and glorified. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be holy and acceptable in your righteous sight, and then, God, we will be mindful in all things to give you all praise, honor, and glory. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we conclude this series, A Deeper Life with God, I think it's important to note that as much as we desire to have a faithful and deep spiritual life with God, that there is a narcissistic force in each of us that is tied to the need to preserve our earthly life at all costs, and that force is constantly getting in our way of faithfully trusting and following God with our whole hearts. Thus, we are if we are not mindful of this narcissistic force that lives in each of us, We are always vulnerable to selling our souls to the highest bidder and creating in this world markets, markets that are anti-justice and anti-loving and anti-caring and anti-relationship and anti-Christ. In fact, when we see the erosion, when we see the erosions of long-held values like the golden rule of doing unto others as you have done unto, as, as you would have them do unto you, or embracing the win-at-all-cost mentality in our business culture, or the ravaging of our natural resources without regards to the effect on our environment, or the object, object, objectification of women, children, and, and the poor, or the demonization of political oppositions regardless of the party's affiliation or the rise in violence of all kind or the preaching of an easy and prosperity gospel that only serves to meet the needs of the individual and a few over the needs of the church and the community as a whole, I would argue, I would argue that what is at play here is an unhealthy and unfaithful narcissistic need to self-preserve at all costs, which ironically leaves us more vulnerable and exposed because we are alienated from having community with one another and having holy community with God who created us. Likewise, likewise as much as I want to say that I can stand in this holy place and, and say that I've worked out all of the demons in my own life and that I have somehow managed to escape this, 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 this narcissism in my own life. I also have to say that as I seek to have a deeper life with God, I must also admit that as a person of faith and as a minister of this amazing gospel of Jesus Christ, that I am often distracted by my own narcissistic need to self-preserve, thus becoming vulnerable to the wholesale selling of my soul to the highest bidder, running from one gimmick to the next, trying to find security for my sin-sick soul acting, as my grandfather would say, like a blind dog in a meatpacking plant, running from one place to the next, trying to find some sort of satisfaction for my soul. In In fact, if I were to do an inventory of my spiritual life, I would have to admit to you that most of my spiritual struggles have come as a result of my trying to narcissistically preserve this fragile human condition of mine more than trusting the divine who is and will always be the preserver of all life. So as a result, so as a result of knowing my vulnerabilities, I live with a spiritual anxiety that keeps me in a constant state of fear, always trying to figure out how to secure my future and preserve my hope from the real possibilities of mortal destruction. However, however, the problem for me, like the problem for Zacchaeus, is that we are always tempted to use the material things of the world to preserve our physical and spiritual security And in the process, we are dislocated from our communities that we so desperately love and need, and we are dislocated from the God who we serve and we depend on, and we are dislocated from ourselves because we have sold our souls to the world. Mark 8, 36 and 37 puts it this way, what good is it? What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Every time, every time that I give in to this narcissistic way, I forfeit all that is precious to my life, all that is precious to my deep journey with God, all that is precious to me for short-term gain so i know that i always stand vulnerable to this desire to want to save myself romans 5 13 puts it this way therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all have sinned from the pulpit to the pew we all we all carry this narcissism within us. We all carry this force within us, and it is corrosive at the very core of what it does. And if we are not aware, if we are not aware and spiritually conscious of, of its ways, then we will all stand to be de- destroyed. So how do we move away from a narcissistic, pres- a narcissistic mindset that seeks to preserve our lives, to moving to a mindset of holy transformation, or simply put, how do we move to a deeper life with God? There are three suggestions or three things that I would like to offer as we, as we begin to reflect and think about this passage. Three things that I think that we need to think about is, as we seek to lead a deeper relationship with God. And the first thing that we must be willing to do, if we're going to be all that God has called us to be, if we're going to live a deeper life with God, we must be willing... We must be willing to follow Christ. We must be willing to do the hard work of following the ways of Christ. Now, I know we hear this all the time about following Christ and and doing what Christ says, but, but really following Christ means cooperating with God's work and God's will in our lives. Following Christ means cooperating and following where God calls us to go, no matter what, trusting that God will always be with us. And the hard work of following Christ means cooperating, but also trusting that God will also be there with us. Many of you know that I'm the pastor of Celebrate Recovery, and if you come on Thursday nights, one of the things that you will hear us do at the end of that worship service is we'll pray the serenity prayer. And I love the serenity prayer for, um, it, for the power of the words and I, and, I, I, and, I, and I tell people all the time, I'm praying the serenity prayer all the time because when I when I start out driving, going to work or if I'm watching OU and they're losing, tech, losing the Texas or whoever it is, I, I want to give in to my sinful nature and the very first thing that comes out of my mouth is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. But I love the second half of this prayer. The second half of the prayer is just as equally important as the first prayer, and the second half of the prayer says this, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Jesus says it this way in Matthew 16 and 24, if anyone who comes after me, let him deny himself, And take up his cross and follow me. I don't know the hard road where God is calling you to. I don't know, I don't know where where God is calling you to. But but if we want peace in our lives, if we want to be all that God has called us to be, if we want to have a deeper relationship with God, then we must be willing. We must be willing. We must be courageous. We must be willing to follow the ways of Christ, which ultimately, which always leads to peace. The second thing, the second thing that we need to do if we want a deep and meaningful relationship with God is that we must be ready to love God with our whole hearts and then to love our neighbors as we love ourselves Jesus says this in Luke ten twenty seven. love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your might and with with all your mind and then love your neighbor as you love yourself this type of love means having radical hospitality in every area of our lives in every areas of our lives to have radical hospitality in every area of our lives including hospitality for ourselves, to offer to ourselves a sense of grace, to offer to ourselves a sense of grace. If, if you are like me, I'm always dogging myself out for the shortcomings that I have in my life. I am constantly in a psychological battle with myself in, in trying to live up to what I think I should be And God calls me to not only love those and offer grace to those who don't live up to my expectations, but to also offer grace to myself when I don't live up to my expectations. Now, I don't know the passage is silent about what the conversation was like when Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house that night to 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 be with him. I don't know what 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 that what what that was what that conversation was like, because the scripture is silent on a lot of that. But I will will take up an old African American tradition that preachers do and I'll use my spiritual imagination and just go there and and wonder what it was like for Zacchaeus to set in the presence of Jesus who showed up in his town to come and commune with him. I'm sure that Jesus said to him, look, Zacchaeus, I know your sin. I know how many people, how people hate you. I know how many people you have cheated because you have abused the system. I know that you are the chief of all chief tax collectors, and this meal that I'm having in your house is milled, is, 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 is a meal bought with money that you stole from the poor. I know all of this about you, Zacchaeus. I know it about you, and I know the pain and the fear and the anxiety that you live with, and I know everything there is to know about you, and I want you to know that I still love you, that I still love you, that I am with you today. To have a deep, meaningful relationship with God means to really begin to understand and know that God's love is always radically present for us and that God expects for us to not only love God with our whole hearts and not only to love our neighbors with our whole hearts, but to also begin to extend to ourselves our own measure of grace. In fact, that's what we do at Celebrate Recovery is what Celebrate Recovery is all about. It's, not about. it's not about getting people to stop drinking or getting people to stop abusing or whatever substance they're using. It is really about grace work. It is about accepting who we are and who God created us to be and offering that grace so that we can be able to live that grace in the world today. Finally, finally my brothers and sisters, the last thing if we, we need to, if we want to have this deep meaningful relationship with God, if we want to be all that God has called us to be, if we want to, to live, to live in this place of love and peace, then we must always come to know and trust that God has enough power in His grace to sustain our lives, to to sustain our lives right where we are, right now, today. In her book, The Soul of Money, and Lynn Twist argues that many of us spend a lot of time lamenting the security of money in our lives. And as a result, it gives way, it gives way to greed and prejudice and disappointment. However, she argues a more congruent and productive way to approach this fear is to rejoice in our sufficiency. And she describes, as she defines it, it is generating and distinguishing and making known the power that is is present in our existing together and, and the inner resources that we have. It is rejoicing in all of those things that God has made present for us today. Jesus says this in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. In John 10, 10, Jesus also says this, I came, I came that you might have life and have life more abundantly. And Jesus says to Zacchaeus in the very last end of this passage today, Today, Zacchaeus' salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. He too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And if we are going to be in deep relationship with God, if we are going to be all that God has called us to be, it means that we have to embrace the simple truth that God has enough grace for us right now, today. That God's grace, that God's grace is sufficient for us today. Second Corinthians 12:9 says this, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness and if we are to be all that God has called us to be, if we are going to reach this place, if we, are, if we are going to have a wholehearted relationship with God and those around us and with ourselves, it means that we have to know that today God has enough grace for us to live. I remember my own invitation of going deeper with God I remember early in my ministry, I was in the middle of transition in my life. I was I was playing football at the time. I you know was a professional football player. In fact, I have a football card that's out there uh, on the internet. It's worth a dime, so don't be impressed. <laughs> I always tell people, uh, you know, if you know, at least I'm worth a dime. I try to say this to my kids. I got a football card. They're like, Daddy, yeah, it's worth a dime. I'm like, okay, well at least i'm worth a dime (laughs) i remember the transition that i had in my own life as i was moving from playing football and accepting this call in the ministry and how i wanted to control both worlds how i how i wanted so desperately to to go deeper with god and be with god but couldn't make sense of how to live in this world and i remember when coach switzer who i Played for at the University of Oklahoma, came and and signed as the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. I remember I. I remember seeing this opportunity flash before my eyes and said, oh, man, Coach is the head coach for the Cowboys, and I can still play football. And I said, I'm going to go in and see if I can get a tryout with the Cowboys. So I, I I jumped in the car, and I drove over to Valley Ranch, and I walked into the office, and I asked if Coach Switzer was there, and they said, yeah, he's here, but he's in a meeting. And I said, well, I'm one of his former players, and I wanted to see if I could talk to him. And they were like, yeah, 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 whatever. And I said, that's okay. I took a note, and I wrote 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 it and I put it I looked at the cars and I saw one with Oklahoma tag on it and I remember putting the note uh in the windshield and then that night coach Switzer called me and he said Cesar Renty I said yes and he says this is Barry Switzer I said hey coach how you doing he says I'm doing good he says you want to try out huh and I said yeah I'd love to have a tryout and he says well he says, if you can he says, can you pass a physical? And I said, Yeah, I can pass a physical. He says, Well just come over and if you can pass a physical, we'll sign you and you can come to camp. And I remember I signed the contract and I went to I, I started training and getting in shape and doing all the stuff that i wanted to do and i was thinking you know this is where i wanted to be and i knew and i was struggling deep within my spirit about this call of ministry on my life and 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 how odd it looked to me that god would be calling me to ministry because it did not fit my plan or the direction that I thought I should go and how I struggled with that. But then seeing on this other side the bright lights of Monday night football to be able to stand there and go dun-dun-dun-dun, dun dun dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun 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 I used to terrify my brother because every time he would hear that, dun-dun-dun-dun, he knew I was gonna come out of nowhere and tackle him. He was like, dun-dun-dun, stop, Caesar! stop tackling me. This is not Monday Night Football. And it was always in trouble when it was Howard Cosell voice. It was a snowy day. And then, dun, 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 dun. And I remember I was deep, deep in my spirit wanting to hang on to this dream of, of what I've always done and what I felt that I was made for to play football, to compete on this on this stage, to, to be able to do this. And I remember we got ready to go to camp and I went to camp and I was having the best camp of my life, of my professional career, playing against some of the top athletes like Charles Haley and Leon Lett and handling and, and, and competing at that level and feeling good about my performance. I remember one day when we were in the middle of when we were in the middle of camp, we were, we were, we were doing an inside drill and, and so the inside drill is basically the offensive line, the defensive line, the linebackers, fullbacks and running back. There are no wide receivers and it's all inside run plays. Everybody knows that it's running. You're running the ball. You got 10 yards to go and the, the defense knows that you're running the ball and all they want to do is just stop you and all you want to do is move the ball and it is it's a dog fight and it's fun and I was like I'm having the best time of my life competing against these guys. Big 300 pound offensive defensive lineman sweaty and you know just dirt flying all over the place and, and, and I remember I'm, I'm playing this game and I'm, and I'm getting the next play and I go to the huddle and I get the play by the way Jason Garrett was the quarterback and I get the play from Jason Garrett and I run up to the line of scrimmage and I'm excited and I'm blocking the guy and we're moving the ball and we're having fun and we're going back and I remember going up to the line of scrimmage and saying to myself what am I doing here? For the first time, feeling that this was not enough. That God had called me to something that was more meaningful, that I was afraid to grab hold on to. And I remember making a decision in the middle of all that sweat and playing, saying, God, I'll follow you, okay, wherever you want me to go. I don't, know, I don't know what keeps you in the sycamore tree. I don't know what's keeping you from really going deeper to where God wants you to go. But my hope, my hope for all of us is that we will know that God has called each one of us by name, that he has enough grace. That he has enough grace to sustain us and to let his will be made known in our lives and to use us as real instruments of his healing and peace. That he has enough grace to bring us into right relationship with him. No matter how weak or how scared or how afraid or how much anxiety we carry in this human body, that God has enough to bring us in right relationship with him. Seal, the singer and songwriter, puts it best in these words in the song called Love Divine. He says this, then the rainstorm came over me and I felt my spirit break. I had lost all of my belief, you see, and realized my mistake. But time threw a prayer to me and all around me became still. I need love. Love's divine. Please forgive me now. I see that I've been blind. Give me love. Love is what I need to help me know my name. Through the rainstorm came sanctuary, and I felt my spirit fly. I found all of my reality. I realized what it takes. Cause I need love. Love's divine. Please forgive me now I see that I've been blind. Give me love. Love is what I need to help me know my name. Don't bend, don't break. Show me how to live and promise me you won't forsake because love can help me know my name. God has called each one of us by name. He's called you. He's called me. He's called us wherever we are to come, to be in relationship with him, so that our name is known by him. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your amazing grace that's always meets us wherever we are. We thank you that you are not satisfied with allowing us to stay stuck in our own sycamore trees, but you are calling us to come and be in relationship with you. So God, we pray. We pray for courage. We pray for peace. We pray for faith to say yes to your call so that we may have a deeper walk and meaningful life with you we pray all these things in the mighty name of jesus christ amen